You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, welcome, welcome back in. to the. <laughs> you are, you're the worst. <laughs> welcome back to the Spiritual Life Podcast. My name is Taylor. I'm Courtney. And I'm Sam. And today on the Spiritual Life Podcast, we are going to be talking about unity in times of division and what not division? math. Not math. Yeah. And so we just think this is a really important topic of what we're going through as a school, really, with even the current cultural climate whether it's with COVID or political unrest or really just anything that divides us Mm -hmm. um, as a people, we want to talk about what is our responsibility and response as believers in Jesus and what is our role about causing unity whenever there are times of division. And so for an icebreaker, we just want to jump into this. Uh, What -hmm. is something that you think is like a controversial topic that you might have a hot take? Yeah, let's call this game Don't At Me. Don't at me. Okay. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you start off, if you have a controversial opinion, you start it off with don't at me, but, mm. and then jump into it just like this. Okay. I'll go first. Don't at me, but In-N-Out makes a better cheeseburger than Whataburger. I agree. I disagree. Bum, bum, bum. Why? Why do you disagree though? Honestly, mm. I don't, I don't get why this is such a spicy one. It well, is though. It is. People have very strong opinions. Oh, well, people will move away. If they know their neighbor is an in and out guy, they're like, no, we're done. Never mind. Yeah. I, well, it's really hard because, you know, the Texas roots are there. But also, mm-hmm. if you were to take, well, it's hard. Are you just comparing like the plain burger? Just the burger. Like yeah. just a plain burger. My you're not getting uh, changes if you're talking about like spicy ketchup. Right. Or yeah. Like yeah. The nuances. But I'm saying like they're, that's their thing. They're called what a burger, an in and out burger. So if you sure. go in and say, hey, give me a burger, in and out wins get? that fight. Okay. Okay, that's hard. Well, because I feel like In-N-Out Burger is really good if you mm-hmm. get it special, like the animal style, or you get other things on it. But otherwise, it's just really dry. I don't like it. It's mm-hmm. just not. It just doesn't mm-hmm. do it for me. You're really dry. I feel like it tastes really <laughs> fresh, though. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. it is. They do everything like in store. Like it's good. They like cut right. their own pi- like potatoes and stuff like that. Yeah. But their fries are terrible. I saw a cow there once. I didn't see it for long, but. that's horrible (laughs) that's a full experience it's fresh okay i've got one don't at me but i do not like top sheets wait what like like in a bed (laughs) like in a bed what are we what are we we're not talking about comforter Uh, yeah i'm not talking about the comforter and i'm not talking about the fitted sheet you you have to have a fitted sheet you're you're saying the thin layer between yes so you just go straight cheese so like fitted sheet and then comforter that's it well, we have a fitted sheet because I'm married to someone that likes a fitted sheet. I mean, not, I mean, top sheet. Uh-huh. Okay. So I have, we have to have one since he likes it. But I like in my sleep, even before being mm. married, I would kick it down to the bottom. Like in my, I just do not like it. It, I don't know. I feel like you, you know, I'm just not a fan. Do you not like being trapped? Is this like probably? I think I would have a problem with weighted blankets also. Okay. But comforter. what if you? What if you, the comforter's too hot, but then no comforter's too cold? No. I mean, I, I'd have to be creative at that point. <sighs> Look, I'm trying to meet you halfway here, but I think you're a psychopath. So don't at me, but the correct way to pronounce this is GIF. So there are a 
conflicting train of thought between how you pronounce whether it's GIF or JIF, mm-hmm. and there is a right answer, and it is GIF. Oh, uh, no, that's not it, though. That's not the right answer. Well, I've and I've been a part of group threads where there have been essentially dissertations given on the correct <laughs> reason wow. why this should be called this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the answer is GIF, and if you say it any other way, you are incorrect. Well, that's it stands for... It's GIF, and it stands for Graphics Interchange Format. So I actually do agree with you. See, here's the thing, though. There are so many people that call it GIF that in every situation that I bring it up, I repeat this conversation of, is it GIF or is it GIF? Because I don't want to seem just totally out of the loop and say it incorrectly. Well, the argument that we hear most common is that the creator of the Graphic Interchange Format calls it a GIF. Okay, wait. I have another one for us because I think this might, you know. Don't at me, but. Yes. Don't at me, but ketchup should be at room temperature and not stored in the fridge. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Thank you. Yes. Have you ever had ketchup? Yes. That went bad. Oh, no. No. Does that exist? I mean, there's well, so yeah, many Why else did you it? put it in the fridge? I don't think anybody's like, mmm, cold ketchup. You think there are people that are like cold ketchup? Yes. Very oh. many people. I'm married to one. Me too. So we have two bottles of ketchup in the Crenshaw house. One that's in the pantry and one that's in the fridge. Okay, another question to follow this up. Where do you put your milk in your fridge? At the top. In the door. Mine wouldn't fit in the door. Mine fits in the door. Mine fits in the door. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Growing up, ours was always in the door because you open it, it's easy access. I went to college and my roommates had it in the fridge. Mm. And so we would constantly move it around and it came into like a big, a big issue. That shelf space More is valuable. Yeah, but the yeah. argument was if you put it in the door... You open up the fridge, and now it's out in the unrefrigerated air, and so it spoils faster. Oh, I don't feel like that's not real. I don't think so either, but Unless tell that to my college roommates from eight years time. ago. Mm, I think your roommates may have been like robots. It's probably and they were trying to like, a lot. Yeah. Back but. to the ketchup. For any of you listeners that put it in the fridge, think about at restaurants how it sits on the table. That's all I have to say. I think you ruin good pizza when you dip it in ranch. Absolutely not. <gasps> oh, no. Yep. Okay, actually, I wouldn't dip Grimaldi's in ranch, but I would in their Caesar salad dressing, so never mind. This might divide the speech. You say good pizza, though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, because if you had Chewy's ranch, if you had the oh, Chewy's cream have you done that? I've done that. It's no. so good. This might be like a whole, you know, like, um, what was it called? Martin Luther situation. Can we make it past this? We'll pray about it. Are you going to nail something on my door? Probably. It's going to be a slice of pizza. 90 reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> if you wake up and there's... Pineapple and, you know, pizza nailed to your door then. So for those of you listening, we want you guys to also talk about what are some controversial things that you think Mm -hmm. um, are kind of ridiculous. And maybe you guys can give your reasons why you like this and why it should be no other way. We think this would be fun for you guys to do as a family. If you're in the Mm -hmm. car, uh, maybe kids get involved. um, Think of stuff that maybe you like that maybe your mom and dad don't really like and why you uh, know better. And so I think it'd be a fun game. So you guys uh, can do that now also, and it'd be fun to participate. Share your unpopular opinions. Yeah, your correct opinions. But if it causes like actual strife in your family, just keep going further. The spiritual life team is not liable for any damage caused. (laughs) (laughs) Quick little disclaimer there. Uh, (laughs) It scrolls across the screen. Don't at spiritual life team. Okay. So it seems that we, you know, as always, find that we have more in common than not. And it's just little things. Um, that some people feel right about or wrong about, but at the end of the day, we can agree. And that's actually what we're focusing on today for our topic, which is finding unity in times of division. And um, obviously, these are divided times. I don't know what rock you've been living under, if Mm -hmm. you don't think so, or 
Um, frankly, if you don't think so, maybe we should go where you're at because <laughs> sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like you can't drive down the street without seeing visual representations of just division and um, things. I can't go one day without getting text messages on my phone right. of who I should vote for or what mm-hmm. petition I should yeah. sign for this thing to go in effect. It's very frustrating. Right. I mean, in a typical. Oh, the f- from numbers that you don't have. Is that oh, what you're absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, this so is Jim many. from so and so. It's like, hey, Jim, stop bothering me. How did and they you call get me the name? wrong name too? Yeah, mine's like, Shanta. Like, That's mine's my name. Jennifer, or it's like Paulette is the other one that people oh. have been calling me is Paulette. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, like Paulette was just saying, um, <laughs> in a typical election season, I think you know things are a little stressful and you know some tensions rise. But I think it's fair to say in this year, in 2020, um, we've never seen anything like this in our nation, in yeah. our history. It's Things are reaching kind of a boiling point, and it can be a little scary. So just for anybody who's like not entirely sure what we're talking about, we're talking about with the politics of the election season, um, opinions about COVID and COVID-related things are really hot takes. And then, you know, everything that's going on with just the racial division and issues in our country um, have really polarized people. And you don't see a lot of unity. You don't see a lot of neighborly affection and love. Sure. And that can be frustrating as a believer, as a Christian, because the whole New Testament is pretty much written to help us get on the same page and remind us we're following the same God. So why is it so difficult for us to get on the same page and find unity in this season, even though there's so many believers among us? Um, So first off, we'll start with this question. What does the Bible say about unity and why is it such an important thing for us as Christians? Well, one thing I think that is really important to know is that there is a lot of text in our Bible about unity because there was also division, even amongst the church, Mm -hmm. even whenever these letters were written. And so that should, one, be comforting to us, and two, it should give us hope that the Lord saw this and he spoke into this so that we can have what his word says about these things that we can move forward. And so this is not a thing that is unique to our situation, that there has been division among the people of God and in the world um, since sin entered into the world. And so that's essentially what happened immediately when it happened in the garden, is that Adam was confronted by the Lord and he immediately blamed Eve, who then blamed uh, who blamed the serpent. Mm-hmm. And so there was immediate division because of sin. And so division is not a political issue. It is not a ideological issue. It is a sin issue. Right. That sin breaks relationships and it causes division because that is what it does. It brings about death and it Mm. divides us from one another. And so just to know that the issue is sin, um, that is what is the root of division. It's not those are bad people and I'm a good person or that party or this party. It is sin. And it affects all of us because we're all um, descendants of Adam and Eve and we have all been, we all fall short of the glory of God. And so the, uh, the author In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this uh, to the church, and he says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Why? Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. And so this is 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 17, and it continues, for some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels. And so people in the church fought even then. We don't do that anymore, of course, at church. We don't fight over stuff, but it happened then. So just bear with me. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. 
Has Christ been divided into fractions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. And so Paul is getting at these things of, hey, we are to be united mm-hmm. in Christ. And so whether we go to this church, that church, have varying opinions on these conversations, we have one common connection, which yeah. is faith in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that at the end of the day, even if we come to disagreement on these issues, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and that circumcedes every other issue that we might have, um, that our bond will overpower our differences that should create in us a intentionality to get to know that person, to develop empathy, sympathy, and a desire to relate and understand one another. Hmm. Wow, Taylor for president. Mm, Please no. (laughs) You don't want that. Yeah, that's so good, Taylor. And I think this might be controversial. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're but already I think, past that bit, Courtney. Yeah, yeah no more. Don't at you anymore. <laughs> um, I think something that I honestly love about 2020 and that I love about this time that we're in right now, I think it's very easy to kind of look back and call it the good old days and be like, I wish that we had this president running again, or I wish that the debates looked like the way that they used to be or whatever it might be. I think what I love about this election and everything going on right now is that it's putting us in a position where we have to realize that our hope cannot be in these things and really open our eyes and be like, am I putting my hope in a certain legislation or in a policy that I want to be passed or um, whatever situation it is, or am I realizing that all of these things are broken, like Taylor was talking about, and the only thing that I can put my hope in is that we have a God who is sovereign over these things, Mm -hmm. and that my role is to further his kingdom and not this kingdom that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite verses for this is Philippians 1, 27. And Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so beautiful of, okay, what we need to focus on is that our manner of life would be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that should be filtered through every conversation and every situation. And this picture of Paul saying like, Hey, whether I come and see you or I'm not there, may your reputation be one that it is heard of that you as the church are standing firm in one spirit in that unity. And that with one mind, you are linking arms, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, that that's the, that's what's bringing this unity is the gospel and you seeking to further it. And that's where you're standing firm is in Christ and in one spirit. It's not in any other thing that's going on or any other decision or um, preference or opinion, but only in the gospel do we find all of the unity and all of the things that we need to stand firm in that matter. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously an important sentiment because Paul repeats that kind of that same phrase, Mm -hmm. little variations, but the same idea um, in almost all of his different letters in the New Testament. He writes to the different churches and says, we must be in one mind and purpose or in one spirit over and over encouraging the believers in these different areas. So like Taylor said earlier, clearly there was division, even in the church, even much closer to when people had actually seen the resurrected yeah. Jesus yeah. and they were still divided. So yeah, we can't make the mistake of thinking, oh, well, we can rise above it. But it is like Courtney just said, we have to keep focused on what is our one mind and purpose. So when these little fractures start to form and we do start to focus more on the differences and the agitations we have with each other that are caused by sin instead of the joy that's caused by the gospel, 
and by the reality of God and his kingdom, then yeah, we're going to see division and it would only get worse from there. So even on our verses for the school year at Liberty, Romans 15, five through seven, um, we have that same concept of being in harmony in one mind and spirit. And so what are some more things that we as believers um, can rally around no matter what church we go to, no matter what um, nuances of our faith and our theology we might believe, what are the things that we can all kind of commonly rally around our common ground as believers? Well, I think one thing that we can do as Liberty families is to really just value the worth that the Lord has given each of us individually and uniquely. And what I mean by that is that we would consider others more highly than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we see that in the the Bible as well. We see that Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, Mm -hmm. but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And Mm so tangibly, practically, how do we live that out? You know, it's just everyday life. And so an example is for our boys, whenever they play at home and one gets upset and they steal a toy from another or they want to play with something, you know, and they might want to take that or get angry or hit. We have to have a conversation of, hey, what is more important, this toy or your brother? Mm -hmm. And do you want your brother to treat you that way or respond that way when you do something to him? Like, do you want your brother to punch you in the face whenever he takes something? No. And so we shouldn't treat other people that way as well. And so I think whenever we start to understand the intrinsic value of the Imago Dei Mm -hmm. that each of us have, then it changes how we view people and how we treat people. And so here at Liberty, whenever we have friend groups who come to us that essentially have a rivalry with another group, you know, because you, you latch on to people who agree with you or fight on your stance. You get these two opposing groups of friends who want to be right and blame the other people rather than trying to come together and reconcile those relationships. Right. And so before we're able to really look out into the world and say, Hey, how can we fix the world and all the political agenda, all the cultural agendas, how can we start in our own homes? Mm -hmm. How can we start here at Liberty and to the students listening to this as well? Like the culture here at Liberty is what you create it to be. Mm. You're the ones that are in the hallways. You're in the locker rooms. It is your culture to create and to protect. And so how are you treating one another when there's conflict? Where are you running to whenever things get difficult? And how do you respond when someone else lashes out at you? Um, Because Romans 12.10 says to love one another with brotherly affection and to outdo one another in showing honor. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're called to. And it's a very high calling. And we're going to need help in order to do that together. By the way, a little side note. Do you guys ever find it ironic that the word for brotherly love is Philadelphia and the city that's named after brotherly love is like one of the most terrible cities of just angry people and sports fans? You mean Eagles fans? I mean, uh, don't at me, but, um, but yeah. And Taylor, I love what you're saying because I think something that's really unique about Liberty, especially getting to know, um, like the seniors when we do senior retreat and things, um, you kind of get to know the heart of a class, meaning Mm -hmm. like a, you know, a graduating class. And if there's a lot of strong unity, something I've noticed in just the few groups that we've gotten to meet and hang out with is that they've shared that they didn't used to be that way. If they're really united and seem like they're really close, they share that, well, it didn't used to be that way. And it's really cool how God can take strife and God can take something that was really divisive and end up using it for good and putting Mm -hmm. them back together and saying, man, you actually ended up closer because you did the mature thing, because you reconciled your differences. You ended up as a closer family together than you would have if you had never had any kind of arguments or conflicts. 
And I think too, one of the things you talked about, Taylor, was reconciliation and that that's what we've been called to is to be agents of reconciliation. Um, And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't advocate for policy change or do what we believe the Lord is calling us to do, but it does mean that it shouldn't be at the expense of sharing the gospel, that that should be the first thing that we're paying attention to is that people's hearts would be changed from the Holy Spirit. And if it costs us our witness in order to do those things, then that's where we just have to, like the verse that you said, in humility, count others more significant than ourselves. And that hurts. Like humility is hard and it hurts. And I think we've seen in scripture, like if we don't humble ourselves, the Lord has a way of doing that. And so Mm -hmm. instead of making it get to that level to lean into that place of humility and seek understanding from people that may have different opinions than us and just to hold the gospel in high regard and have that as what's most important and that that's what we're known for is our belief in the Lord and that we have something stronger to stand on. Right. Because even if you have theological differences, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead and that that is the only way to get to God's kingdom? okay, we can work with that. Like right. beyond that, you know, those are conversations that can be had, but that should be something you continually go back to because that is, that's everything. That's like the meaning of life. That's the joy that we have no matter what our circumstances are. So, and it's not lost on us that some of you might be thinking, well, you haven't met this guy or, well, you should have seen the post that I saw on Facebook the other day. And you wouldn't be saying this if you had seen like how bad people are getting or how bad it's gotten. And look, Yes, we do. We know how bad it is. Sin is sin. We know how corrupt and terrible the world can get and how lost people can be. But I think that's part of the huge issues. We've stopped seeing people as lost children of God in need of a savior and just enemies. We just see them as enemies. And even if they were enemies, Jesus spends a significant amount of time teaching to love them and to walk with them and to not just give up on them and push them away. Um, And that's what the ministry of reconciliation is all about is going to them and saying, how much can I do to serve this person um, before I decide, man, this is a lost cause instead of just assuming lost cause and going from there. Um, But at the same time, we do know that there are some issues that just are in direct conflict with the gospel. There are people who believe things that are just counter cultural to the kingdom. um, And they are in disagreement with what the gospel says and what our mission and our one mind and purposes as Christians um, so how do we deal with those kind of people? Um, cause it does seem like there's a lot, especially the more you're on social media, the more, you know, inflammatory opinions and things you'll disagree with. You might find. Yeah. There are a couple of things that I think can speak into this too, Sam. And one of them, I think that is just controlling our world right now is fear and just how contagious fear is. And, I think that's a bigger pandemic in the world right now than the coronavirus because it's spiritually damaging and it's distancing us from the Lord. It's keeping us from being everything that God desires and allows us to be. And so I think that that's where we just need to actively starve our fears and feed mm-hmm. what is truth. And in the most like loving way that I could possibly say this, I think that's where we just need to sometimes very often <laughs> turn off the news and open our Bible. And that doesn't mean not to live wisely. Like it doesn't mean that we should just act randomly. We should definitely know what is going on. And Ephesians even says to look carefully as we walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And I think that's just where we need to consider. Is it, is it wise for me where I'm at right now to continue to 
surround myself with this information that the world is feeding me with these conversations on Facebook, with these trigger points, or do I need to be in God's word and being surrounded by his truth? Mm -hmm. And I think that we're just seeing even societal effects of fear that fear is leading to resentment and that resentment can lead to bitterness, which can even go toward retaliation. And so we're just seeing so much come out of this where we could just turn it into a place of faith. And that is what I think is so beautiful about this time is that we have no better platform than right now as a believer for us to get to be the salt and light to this world. And whether it's COVID and people, I mean, I can't imagine being a non-believer right now. Mm. And we get to say, Hey, I, I have hope that's an anchor to my soul and I can stand on something that makes me not fearful of what's going on right now because I know that there is a God who is sovereign and in control. And that calm is going to attract non-believers even naturally in conversations because they're going to be like, what is it about this person that makes them not just desperate to know the science of what's going on with COVID and clinging on every piece of information of what's happening? And it's because there's a Um, belief in the Lord. And so again, that just goes back to, we get to be agents of reconciliation that are bringing everything back to the gospel. Yeah. So just to get on the solution side of this, um, there is this balance that we need to find because yes, we are saying to kind of rise above these worldly issues and zoom out and remember to see things from the kingdom perspective instead of the worldly perspective. And yet as believers who are here on earth, we are called to be the church. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus and try to make change and try to be agents of kingdom change and see his kingdom come. Maybe consider just fasting from social media for a time mm-hmm. and just surrendering that because when you get tangled up in these, what you may originally intend them to be conversations, mm-hmm. very quickly you can see how it's like someone lights a match on a tank of gasoline and it just explodes into mm-hmm. just anger. And that can be damaging to your witness because if people know that you're a Christian, if you are doing a good job of living out the gospel and telling people and proclaiming the name of Jesus as the way to heaven, but then they see you get in these petty arguments or these fights, then that can almost be damaging to your witness as a Christian saying, well, I didn't know Christians are like this, or maybe even be accused of being hypocritical. Who knows? Um, But sort of the point is that would be a practical recommendation we might have. That's really good. And I think whenever we do engage people on social media, it shouldn't be on a public platform, Mm -hmm. but even like in a more personal privatized. And so if you see someone, you should send them a message and say, Hey, I saw you posted this and just want to hear your thoughts on it. And then we, we tell students often it's like real relationships happen in real life and good conversations happen in real life as well. And so when you have these things, um, ask them to coffee or to meet up or to call, or if you have that relationship, like we we want that as believers that these conversations tie into a building of relationship, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just a furthering of our ideas or notions. And so yeah. that's, that's the goal. And so what happened in my mind just now, when we're talking about this, it's, it's almost as if you're going to be playing another team and you do all week scouting that other team, but you don't practice anything and you're ill-equipped to enter into the game. And so whenever we spend all our time watching the news or listening to social media or what's going on, and that kind of fills our whole mindset, rather than turning to the word and praying and seeking the Lord, we are not being equipped by God to enter into the situation. And so then we just get into the situation and we're not responding in a way that's honoring to the Lord or advancing his kingdom. And so we can get sidetracked with that. And so don't become ill-equipped for yeah. the sake of becoming well-informed. The greatest tool that we have is humility, right? It's taking a posture of saying, if you're if you're mm-hmm. reading what somebody's posting on social media or something, um, 
dude, I totally understand that your reaction may be anger because you don't understand how someone could think that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But Taylor, I love what you said of inviting them to coffee because instead of getting angry and telling them like you're this and this because you think that way, man, if you don't understand how they think that way, why don't you ask them and hear their perspective? And then maybe they'll give you the opportunity to share yours and you mm-hmm. can kind of see, wow, we actually have more in common than we realize. Sure. Yeah. And, and I believe that like most people hold their beliefs because they think they're right and that they have good intentions behind mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't think many people walk around with the notion of like, I know this is an evil thought and I just want to implement this. Right. Right. It's normally of, I think this is right and good and I can't see how other people believe in this. And mm-hmm. so when you get people who are unwilling to come to an understanding of one another, you just get people turned into enemies on both sides. Right. Yeah. And I've heard it said too, I like the phrase, do for one what you can't for all. And so I think it you can sometimes be like, okay, well, one coffee conversation or one phone call isn't going to change everyone's beliefs in this understanding. And I think that's where we can say, okay, we can do for one person what I can't do for everyone. And so instead, you know, one phone call is worth a thousand tweets. So instead of me trying to just go and spread my platform or my understanding or try to get them to understand, instead reaching out to them, like we're saying, and taking the time to listen. Even whenever we do have disagreements, I think a big win here at Liberty is being able to have our students come to an understanding of people with varying viewpoints. Mm -hmm. And so as students, you're listening to this. If there is a fellow classmate that has a different opinion than you, and they say something during class, you're like, oh, I totally disagree with that. Rather than mocking them or saying how dumb they are, maybe after that class, you can go up to and say, hey, during lunch, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And I just want to get to know who you are and and how you landed on that opinion. Um, And I think that would create a culture of wanting to understand one another and not wanting to just debate and prove each other wrong or right. Hmm. I think going with that too, this is such an opportunity for us to have conversations of depth and people are already there. Like you were saying, Sam, people are at that point where they're wanting to have more deep conversations and we get the opportunity to, to just, we know that a lot of people in our community have lost loved ones or are struggling or walking through a hard time or may have stuff going on with mental health. It's been a long year. And so instead of even taking that somewhere divisive going to a place of unity and just being like, Hey, what's going on in your life right now? Like what's, what's the heaviest thing you're carrying and can I help carry it? Or how can I come alongside you and be praying for you? Because every single person is going to have an answer to that Mm -hmm. and is feeling the weight. And that's one of the most disarming things we can do as well as say, I'm, I'm on your team regardless of where you stand for these things. And so even entering into that space of conversation with um, other parents that you encounter at different events or with your kids or, you know, in the hallways, like you were talking about Taylor, that people, people are there. We're, we're at a place of depth. And so Mm -hmm. let's take advantage of it in the best way that we can. Um, so again, to get on the solution side of things, um, let's, let's end it with just some positivity of man in the meantime, in a world that is just crazy divided, seems to be constantly, everybody's at each other's throats or, you know, trying to prove each other wrong. What are things that even as a Liberty community, just to really get zoomed in on us and our listeners, um, what can we start doing just to celebrate together and doing more things, um, to create unity? I think that one way to celebrate is to really serve one another during this time. Uh, Luke six thirty one says, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And so tangibly is whenever you have a friend who is in a game coming up, go to the game and cheer them on. 
yeah. um, celebrate in, in their victories and be with them if they lose. And so go to different events that we have at Liberty to show that, hey, I care enough about you to show up at the thing yeah. that you really care about and you've invested a lot of time and hours into mm-hmm. and that I know you want to do well. And so go to a volleyball game for our girls, go to a football game for our boys, like go celebrate one another and be for each other. Nothing mm-hmm. is more disheartening as an athlete than to play in front of an empty crowd. Um, it would be pointless for a person doing theater to perform to an empty theater. Like yeah. that would that would be very disheartening. And so, as much as COVID has taken us away from one another, uh, let's do as much as we can using wisdom mm-hmm. uh, to come together and cheer each other on in, in what we what we do. Yeah, we're recording this on a Friday, and there's actually a home football game tonight, and I'm really looking forward to being there because there is a sense of camaraderie there, right? Like you don't have to worry about all these big divisive issues. That's the beauty of sports in times like these is um, typically you can just enjoy the game for what it is. So like maybe the most divisive thing will be a bad call that a ref makes. And even then, you know, United because everybody on your side of the field goes, come on, come on, you blind. That's exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's definitely a place that in a practical way that we can find some unity and some com. Oh, I was going to say unity. Commingling? Community. No, oh. community. You, you don't, you say that word. <laughs> Not in my podcast. Well, we really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast and also just know that our heart is to not just propagate our own ideas or suggestions, but really wanting to look at the Word of God and say, what what is our call as believers and how we can respond to a world in crisis, um, in contention, in conflict, and really how can we bring about restoration and redemption in relationships and bringing forth the kingdom of God. And so we know that it starts in our own homes. And so we really want for you as a family to just come together, maybe have a dinner and say, hey, how can we as a family be a light in dark places? Um, mom, dad, uh, how can you be a light at work? How can you bring apart or, or bring about restoration and uh, being solvers of conflict and stepping into those hard moments and having conversation with coworkers and also students? How can we uh, coming to Liberty? How, what is your role in this? How, how, how are you supposed to engage in people that think differently than you? Of They have a different home and different ideals or different mentality. And so how do we live in harmony with one another for the sake of the gospel? And I think if we start small in our own families and then we work out into we as a community of what are we called to do here at Liberty? And as the Lord lays things on your heart, we want to hear that and we want to celebrate that. And we want to encourage and equip you to do those things that God has called you to do uh, for his glory and the advancement of his kingdom. And so we're just so appreciative that you guys would even listen to um, the podcast with us and just know that we are praying for you and we're eager to see you guys. If we see you at these football games or any of these events, um, we just want to know how, how life is for you. And so mm-hmm. until the next podcast, we'll see you later. We're here for you. Even if you put your ketchup in the fridge. No, I will be out. You All psycho. of the unpopular opinions. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.